Hello, everyone, and welcome again to Cinema Rogues. I'm your host, Andrew, and with me, as always, is co-host Guy. Hey! Hi, Guy. Hi. How's it going? It's, you know, honestly kind of terrible. We've been talking for 20 minutes and recorded none of it. Well, I mean, I recorded my my. Oh, section. shit, fuck. <laughs> Fine. Uh, we'll, we'll start with a little housekeeping. Uh, if you would like to, you can go listen to my show. If you want more of me, you can go listen to Board Game Barbarians. Uh, it is a board game related show, uh, and currently we are doing D and D first edition. Like we're actually playing D and D for the show. So first episode's about two hours long. Uh, I think next I'll probably cut it in half and actually do hour long episodes, um, and just release more episodes because that's more content for me to release. Right. Um, yeah, I, I get that same way about uh, about my YouTube channel. Yeah. Uh, where it's like, you know what? I'm just going to record for like three hours and then I'll divvy it up, I guess. Well, I did like uh, in my Discord, I was like, hey, does anybody want me to do two episodes or should I just do one really long two hour episode? And only one person replied and they're like, do two episodes. And then I was like, nah, it's too much work for me to do right now. I have to release it soon. So I just, <laughs> <laughs> I just I'll do it from here on out. Um, but also if you want more of me, you could pay a dollar and get some, uh, get some talking wizards from the, from the Patreon. Get some quality Andrew time. Quality Andrew mimes. Um, but yeah, if you (laughs) want to, want to check out guys work, you can go check out Sightail Studios uh, on YouTube. He does, uh, let's plays and you also have a Twitch. Is it also Sightail Studios for the Twitch? Yes, it is also Sightail Studios for the Twitch. Cool. Um, we'll go check out guys content, watch him play some video games. Um, and then also go check out retro warriors. If you haven't been listening to them somehow and also found us, uh, it's all that self promotion I do on Facebook. Yeah. We we have like at least one person, right? Right. Right. (laughs) 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 Um, but yeah, so I guess we'll get into what are some uh, movies that we've been watching outside of the topic hamilton i watched hamilton Hamilton. we both watched hamilton really i i'm pretty sure everyone watched hamilton i had one person uh on the day hamilton came out that said dear everyone i just found out hamilton's on disney plus you're welcome like wait (laughs) hold on (laughs) like they did somebody a favor even though everybody knew that it was coming right i feel like anybody who cared about either disney plus or hamilton knew that it was coming out on July 3rd. Yeah, I I messaged Justin that day, and I was like, hey, did you watch Hamilton? And he was like, no, why would I do that? And I was like, because it's a play that everyone's watching and been waiting for to come out on the service. And he was like, yeah, I'm not going to watch that. So. why? What does he have against fun? <laughs> I think he just doesn't like uh, fun. I think he got it. I, I guess. I don't know. He doesn't I- like musical fun, I think is what it is. Yeah, I don't understand. I used to say that I didn't, I don't like musicals, and then I found the right musicals. Oh, I love most musicals. I'm still waiting for Into the Woods come to to come to Disney Plus because it's like, like Disney Plus released in like November of mm-hmm. 2019, and I was like, oh, they have Into the Woods. I haven't seen that since theaters. I want to watch it again, and I'm, I don't want to buy it. Um, and so I click on it, and it's like coming to Disney Plus in November 14th of 2020 or something like. That. Wow. <laughs> so they had it on their service. You just can't watch it. They don't have the, right, they don't have the rights to it yet. I was like, at that point, is it really on their service? I yeah, coming soon in a year. Um, but yeah, what do you think? Uh, what do you think of Hamilton? 
Oh man, it's fantastic. I, I loved it. Um, the first time I saw it was in, in October, 2016. And it was a, it was a spur of the moment thing. I was at a, like a work conference and yeah. one of the people I was there with was like, Hey, you want to go see Hamilton with me? And, and my, uh, my aunt, she's in town. I was like, sure. Why not? And they're like, okay, let's look up tickets. And they were like day of tickets. Right. Yeah. Whoa. I don't remember what they were, but I know it was north of like two, two hundred dollars, two hundred fifty, something like that. Yeah, they were, and they were, uh, and they were balcony seats. Uh, yeah, I mean that's what we like in Austin. We were looking at them, and I think it was like three to six hundred dollars for balcony seats, and I was like, not, not doing that. Yeah, I, I would think uh, that the Chicago ones were lower simply because because uh, it wasn't a special engagement, right? It, right. It was, it was the week after it was <laughs> it was the week after Hamilton opened in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was still like a super hot ticket. I'm sure it's still a hot ticket. In yeah, Chicago. but it wasn't like a traveling show. Like the ones right. that come to like the ones in, in Austin are like Broadway on parade, not parade, but like traveling Broadway or whatever. Right, so, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. We were supposed to go, uh, we, we had season tickets, uh, to this season at the, at the bass hall in Fort Worth. Yeah. And, uh, most of one one show got can- completely canceled and everything else seems to be uh, rescheduled. Like Hamilton's rescheduled for next February. Oh, Hamilton was two years ago for us. Um, we had season tickets for this year, but then everything got pushed back. And we also had season tickets for last year. And uh, all of those also got, to, like, they just refunded us part of our season pass, which sucks because I wanted to see Aladdin. But yeah. Oh well, yeah. But you no, know, it was it was really good. It was you know they were um, you're really able to tell what the uh, what the actors are doing and and the emotions that they they're portraying, which is is right. hard to get. Um, even if you're not even even seeing it live, unless you were close, you're you're not going to get that you know uh, experience. Right. I mean, I'm glad they did did this because I didn't think I was ever going to get to see it on like on stage like a lot of people because even when we went to like we we did like a trip to new york where we just went for like three days Mm -hmm. um and we we did both my wife and i did the the hamilton lottery so in new york there's a thing you can sign up for to just get a free hamilton tickets if they pull your name out of a hat basically and they did the same thing when it was in austin too so we were doing that like every day my wife was doing it um but otherwise like yeah tickets to hamilton like in new york were like a grand i think <laughs> yeah so we're like no nah, i'm not not doing that yeah and then i, I got to see it again uh, a couple years later again in chicago uh i went by myself that time and i was down on the floor uh, you know i think road j or something mm-hmm. uh and that was fantastic nice yeah so and i feel like the 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 movie that released on disney plus did a good job of, of capturing the experience that I had that time. If that makes good. any sense. That's good to hear. Yeah. Cause you don't want it to be like too far back or feel like a recording of, I, I think that's the thing I liked about it is it didn't feel like a recording of a stage show because there were different camera angles and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And cameras were on stage. I think they filmed it over three nights or three performances or two performances a night over three days, something like that. It would kind of upset me if I was like going to one of those performances and there's like a camera dude or like a crane like just <laughs> swooping around the the stage. I'd be like, I didn't pay to see like a camera fly in my face. Like, <laughs> um, but yeah, what else you been watching? 
Princess Mononoke. Uh, we we started doing a thing as a family, um, uh, watching like having movie a- um, afternoons on Sundays. Yeah. Um, and so the past past three weeks, uh, last week was Princess Mononoke, and I hadn't seen that in I hadn't ever seen it. Um, yeah. And I finally got to watch most of it, and it was pretty great. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I haven't seen it since high school, but I remember it being a really good movie. My kids were Just, super excited when that dude's head popped off. <laughs> I don't even remember. It's Princess Mononoke, and then what's the desert one? Mm, um, I don't know. They're basically the same movie. <laughs> like the only Studio Ghibli movies that I've seen are probably Ponyo and My Neighbor Totoro. Never seen Ponyo. Uh, Nausicaa, the Valley of the Wind is a also Studio Ghibli and also very similar. It's basically like Desert Princess Mononoke. Nice. If I if I remember correctly, um, but yeah, what else do you see? Uh, so then the week before that, we watched All Dogs Go to Heaven, uh, nice. which is more of a musical than I remembered. Um, I haven't seen it in so long. Yeah. I, I remember it being like on the level of like Rockadoodle, which I also haven't seen. In a very long time. <laughs> Dude, that reminds me. When I was uh, I was in high school, and they used to have, I don't know, I don't know if they still have them, but in the 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 TVs, like, programmed into them, mm-hmm. they would, like, automatically scrub the subtitles, right, okay. uh, for curse words. Right. And um, my... <laughs> Uh, the person that I was dating at the time, her 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 family had had that turned on, that feature turned on because they had you know young children, too mm-hmm. or younger children, excuse me, and um, the the caption changed it whenever he was crowing to to jerk a doodle do. <laughs> Why? Because cock is a bad word, sir. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Jerk a doodle do is worse because it implies that cock is a bad word when you're not talking about a rooster. Right. It it was very confusing to to the younger child. Yeah. Um, and that, that particular story still sticks with me to this day. You know, buddy, just jerk a doodle do. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, all dogs go to heaven. It's a really good movie. It's it's one of those movies that I wore out when I was a kid. Like a lot of Don Bluth movies um are, are really, really great. Yeah, um, you know uh, that one and uh, Land Before Time were were big in my house. Nice. Um, and then the week before that was Back to the Future Three. Uh, got to that one. Fucking love, you know, Back to the Future the Western. It's back. perfect. Uh, I mean, it's got it's got some issues. It's a little bit slow in the beginning, but other yes. than that, I I like westerns and I like Back to the Future, so I'm I'm usually down to stick with it. Dude, you know what? And Thomas Wilson, uh, the guy who plays Biff, generally speaking, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, one form of Biff or another. He play, he plays uh, Mad Dog Tannen, you know, Biff's right. ancestor in this movie. But he's completely unrecognizable. They didn't do any makeup to him. He just has different facial hair, right? Did they not? I thought they, like, did some makeup on him. I don't think they I mean, did. I'm, I mean, I they think made he him just had like the stuff. Yeah, but yeah. He, he didn't have like prosthetics. 
Right. He just had like this giant mustache and the beard and he talked with sort of a low gravelly voice with a Southern accent right. and it completely transforms him as a person. I, I don't, they, they, to me, they're not the same actor. Like even seeing Thomas Wilson, he's in um, Legends of Tomorrow, the, the CW show. Is he? Uh, yeah. He, he's, uh, he's the father of one of the crew members in, uh, who joined in like season two. Um, ah, okay. He's been he's on like season three plus, um, and even even as an older gentleman, he looks kind of goofy. I don't know what it is about him, but he looks kind of <laughs> goofy. Like I never took Biff seriously because he looks kind of goofy, right? Right. Um, but not fucking Mad Dog. Like, don't mess with that dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, he'll you know he'll kill you or whatever. Right. So. Over eighty dollars. <laughs> that's a lot of money back then. You know. I guess that's true. Um, but other than that, uh, I guess not movies. I, I've, I've also been watching Batwoman, uh, finished up Supergirl and, uh, moved on to, to, to Batwoman, uh, especially cause I, you know, I'm a supporter of them being supportive of the communities that they are supportive of. So I want to watch it. If that makes sense. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it does. You just like, without saying anything, you said something. <laughs> Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we'll talk about it more in a little bit. I'm not trying to uh, to veer away from it, but there is there is uh, you know some news that that that's directly related to that that inspired me to get into watching it. Yeah. Well, I guess I'll get into what I what I've been doing. Um, I also watched Hamilton, like we discussed. Uh, I also we had a uh, Harry Potter day where a friend of ours came over and we just kind of got day drunk and watched Harry Potter from 10 a.m. to 2 a.m. in the morning. Um, had some alcoholic butter beer, which was delicious. Nice. Um, other than that, watched uh, Split and Glass, the M Night Shyamalan movies. Oh right, right, right. I've seen Split. I keep meaning to watch Glass. Um, how were they? Or how was Glass? Well, whatever. How were they? I think we liked Split more than we liked Glass. Um, Glass was just really kind of slow the entire movie, hmm. which I guess is par for the course for like. Uh, untouchable was or unbreakable was uh very slow the entire movie also but yeah, i mean like I, we still we still liked it all it just wasn't like we watched split and then we immediately watched glass and coming off of split where it kind of builds throughout the entire movie uh glass kind of it builds to something but it builds to it slowly and continues to be slow throughout the whole thing yeah um i, I went back after watching split i went back and watched uh unbreakable again and mm-hmm. I like it better than I did when it first came out. Having having the perspective of what Unbreakable is, you know, like a superhero origin story, yeah, um, it makes that movie better. I, I didn't understand that going into it the first time, I guess. Uh, I mean, I didn't understand it the first time that I watched it going into it, but by the time I got like halfway through the movie, I was like, oh, this is like, a, he's a superhero, like a a real, quote unquote, real superhero, like not, can't fly or anything, but can't right. like heard him um i don't know if i mentioned it last show but i watched us um jordan peele's us is that the one which one is that it's That's not the, the like, it's not get out or whatever no get out's the first one and then he did us us is the one where the, where the lady's holding scissors on the cover and it's like a family and then like a doppelganger family comes yeah yeah that was a good one i like that yeah so we watched that um, and liked it. It was really good. And then uh, just randomly watched Django Unchained again. That's a really, I think that might be my favorite Tarantino movie. I still haven't seen it. 
haven't and have not it is a it is a very very good movie i nothing i want to check it out i haven't seen that one i haven't seen the hateful eight and i haven't seen once upon a time in hollywood hateful eight's good once upon a time in hollywood is good but i feel like it is a very slow build Uh, but the payoff's kind of worth it i guess it's just quick quick payoff um, but yeah, Django is really good. If you haven't seen it, it's just basically, I mean, you know what it's about, right? Not really. I know Leonardo DiCaprio's in it. Uh, it's based, it's about Jamie Foxx, who, uh, is a slave, um, basically given his freedom by Christoph Waltz. And mm-hmm. then the two of them go about and, um, kind of just, they're bounty hunters and they just murder s- slavers. Oh, okay. And other bounties that they're trying to get, um, so it's pretty great. Awesome. I'll probably check it out. Anyway, we'll get into the news uh, and I'll let you take it away. Awesome. I I don't know how to start news when the first thing is Carl Reiner has died at the age of 98. That's how you start it. That's uh began to do it he, with a smile. He had a nice long life, but that doesn't make it any less sad. Carl Reiner is such an influential person and had such a great career. Um, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a pretty large loss. Just don't do it like news people do where they're like, 18 people died in a fire accident today. Uh, next, puppies are getting together on the streets of New York. Like, <laughs> Oh, man. I wrote this dude's name down and I have no idea how to pronounce it, but he died too. Uh, I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to go N-E-O. Uh, right. Morricone? Are you, sure. are you looking it up? I am looking it up. Uh, it's Italian. Morricone. 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 All right. So anyway, Ennio Morricone, uh, who is a composer, or was a composer, excuse me. Uh, he composed The Hateful Eight and pretty much all the spaghetti westerns, uh, including A Fistful of Dollars, uh, for a few more dollars, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, um, you know, all the, the Clint Eastwood movies, uh, I forget what the name of that trilogy is, the stranger trilogy. And no. I looked it up. It's Ennio Morricone. Thank you. There you go. Um, and, and so many, st- uh, so many other movies. He, he, he has, um, been a, a prominent, uh, sound in, in Hollywood for, for many, many years. Uh, so that, that is also a large loss. Yeah. I mean, uh, unfortunately we don't really make music spaghetti western music anymore he did do the hateful eight also kind of on topic for what we were talking about um i feel like he had to have done Django as well if he did hateful eight um he's done a lot of movies he's done a, it's basically once upon a time in the once upon a time in the west like he said fistful of dollars he's done a lot of spaghetti westerns um he's also done a lot of non-western movies um so I definitely go check him check him out. I do looking at all of his movies, I do love most of the music that he's done. Um I've seen a lot of these movies right. somehow. Except for all these Italian ones. Oh, The Mission? That's a great soundtrack. Like I don't remember much about that movie other than uh, uh what's his name who played Scar is in it. Mm-hmm. Oh, he uh, did do Django Unchained. The bad guy for from uh, Die Hard Three. Okay, I think Jeremy Irons. Jeremy's Iron. 
uh and like i don't know it's it, it's it, it's it, it's a movie that they showed me in school like in spanish class or something um, i think i've seen it as well but i but i vividly remember the soundtrack from that movie um but yeah go check out go check out his music because it is or his movies um because they are also good movies uh if you haven't seen uh the good the bad and the ugly a fistful of dollars once upon a time in the west those are basically like classic westerns that probably if you're into westerns you should we should watch um in other news uh cw has found their replacement batwoman uh they have tapped javicia leslie to play batwoman replacing uh ruby rose and uh, she said in a statement i'm extremely proud to be the first black actress to play the iconic role of batwoman on television and as a bisexual woman, I am honored to join this groundbreaking show, which has been such a trailblazer for, for the LGBTQ plus community. Um, and like I said, I'm excited. I'm excited that their uh, CW has taken a chance uh, w- w- with a black actress and said, hey, we're going to recast this traditionally white role, um, you know, which they did with uh, b- b- uh, what's her face? Um, I mean, they they said they weren't going to it's not going to be the same. Like, it's not Kate. It's not Kate Kane. No, yeah. it's an it's a new character who is new to uh it doesn't come from the comics at all. Um, right. But also there's never been a black Batwoman. Yeah, that's really awesome. In, in the comics or anything. Um Iris West was who I was trying to think of. Um you know, they they cast a black actress to play Iris West who had traditionally in the comics been a white character. So I don't know. CW is it seems to be on the leading front of trying to to increase inclusivity in their shows, and I think that's fantastic. Yeah, I'm interested to see how everything kind of turns out once they can actually film stuff again. <laughs> right. Um, and then uh, in other news, Matt Reeves is selected to create the Batman show uh, for for HBO Max. Um, it, it looks like it's the uh, pretty sure it's the first live action Batman show since the 1960s, uh, not including Gotham, of course, um, because supposedly that wasn't going to have Batman, even though they totally had Batman and Bruce Wayne for, I mean, they had Bruce Wayne as a kid. And then like at the very, as far as I know, like the end of the show, like he puts on the suit or whatever, but it's not, I never considered Gotham a Batman show. Yeah, for sure. Cause it's, it's like a Batman villain show, I guess um well cool we'll go and get into the topic today's episode is the wizard of oz um and that was released august 25th of 1939 and uh, it was directed by victor fleming it was also directed by like four other people that i don't it's directed by a lot of people there was a lot of like we'll he's kinda... the credited director damn it we'll get into it but there was a <laughs> this movie kind of went through like behind the scenes development hell uh, on a lot of different fronts. Uh, screen Bay, screenplay by Noelle Langley, Florence Ryerson, and Edgar Allan Wolfe. Uh, leads, of course, Julie, Judy Garland, Frank Morgan, Ray Bulger, Burt Lair, Billy Burke, Margaret Hamilton, Charlie Grapewin, and Clara Blandick. Margaret uh, Hamilton. <laughs> that's what the sh- that's what the, the play's about. It's about Margaret <laughs> Hamilton being in The Wizard of Oz. Um... It it's won a prequel best... to Wicked. Right. <laughs> yeah. Hamilton is a prequel to Wicked. Uh, best, uh, won Best Music Original Score and Original Song uh, at the Academy Awards. 
which is funny since the song that it won it for, I'm pretty sure, was Somewhere Over the Rainbow, which they almost cut from the movie. Um, it's a good song. It's a good song. They almost cut that and then kept in another song, which is a terrible song called The Jitterbug. It's really bad. Boom. Uh, it's not that song. <laughs> Uh, it was got a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes and an 8.5 user Metacritic review out of 100 reviewers. Um, so this will be a spoiler show. Obviously, the show is from 1939. Um, if you haven't seen it yet and you're upset that we're going to spoil it, go ahead and pause it and go watch it. It's only about an hour and a half, um, which I for some reason thought it was longer. But whenever I started it up to watch it this time, I was like, it's only like an hour and a half. Because it's two and a half hours when you take a nap in the middle of this boring-ass movie. Well, okay. Wow. All right. <laughs> well, we know where you were. Why don't you tell us what your thoughts, guy? Uh, you know, Just... it's, I understand its uh, cultural significance, um, especially, you know, being, being the, the premier movie with color in it. Um, I don't know that it was actually the first movie like everybody thinks it was. It wasn't. Nin- 1917, there was another movie that was done in uh, Technicolor. Um, there were a lot of movies before this one that were in Technicolor. This one was just like the most, I think it's most remembered for it because of like the stark changes between uh, sapia tones and then going into color. Right. And, I th- and, and, and that's the other thing is it wasn't necessarily even the the quote unquote black and white part isn't black and white it's still a color tone right right yeah it's still like a sapia uh i guess brownish tan color yeah so it's it's got this cultural place of being the quote unquote first movie in color but it's but it's not but but i understand i understand that and i understand why people like it and i i just have never enjoyed the movie even as a kid i thought it was boring um, I could pay attention to it about through like Munchkin Land, and then I was more or less done with it. But I don't know. <laughs> that's that's my thoughts in general. I mean, I've always been like you kind of said you didn't really know you liked musicals until you found the right one. Mm-hmm. And I think I've always been, for the most part, a musical fan. Um, there are obviously bad ones that I don't like, but The Little Prince. No, I was thinking Guys and Dolls with uh, Frank Sinatra and. Um. Oh God, The Godfather. What's his name? Marlon Brando. Yeah, Marlon Brando did a musical, and it's not great. All right. Um, I didn't know yeah. that. <laughs> yep. No, it's not. He can't. Marlon Brando can't really sing, so that was a poor choice. So Russell uh, Crowe. I, you know, people give Russell Crowe a lot of uh, flack for Les Mis, but I think he did. Uh, he did okay with what he had. I don't know. I just I, whatever. I I cannot. He wasn't bad. I cannot sit here and critique somebody else's singing who makes millions of dollars. So I mean, like, here's the thing. He wasn't like that bad, and yeah. compared to other, because I've, I've only seen Les Mis on stage once. Mm-hmm. Um, and compared to everyone else that sang on stage, everyone that did the stage play that are not famous millionaire actors were better than all of the actors that were in the Les Mis movie. So yeah. <laughs> so he did about as good as everybody else did in the movie that's, that's compared fair... to this compared to the stage um anyway what was i talking about so you were talking about the wizard of oz sir we were talking about the wizard of oz and how you hate it and you wish it was dead 
I don't uh, wish it was dead. I just don't have any desire to to revisit it ever. Like it's never like, hey, we should watch Wizard of Oz. So did you take a two hour break in between watching this movie? No, no, no. I watched it straight through. Um, oh, okay. I thought you know, implied you were like it's really long when you take a nap in between. Well, I mean, if I was to watch it not be not for the show, I would probably take a break, or would be fine yeah. with you know pausing it and coming back a few days later or whatever. I mean, I thought I was going to have to take a break, and then I saw that it was only an hour and a half long, and I was like, oh, okay, then I can just get through this real quick. Um, so, I mean, for me, it's always been like, I've always, like, I like the movie, I like the music, and I like the direction. Um, and I think for me, th- my love for The Wizard of Oz more comes from all of the stuff that happened, like, behind the scenes, all of, like, the, like I said, the directing hell that it went through. It went through, like, five or six different directors that dropped out. Um, just because they had other stuff they didn't want that they wanted to do. Um, you had actors, the original actor that played the Tin Man uh, got lead poisoning because they used lead paint uh, for the Tin Man's original paint was lead based mm-hmm. um, or it was something he was allergic to it. I can't remember if it was lead based or if it was just something in there that, that reacted improperly. So he dropped out and then they got um, uh, the actor that played him. I think it's, uh, Billy Burke. I don't remember. Uh, the woman that played the the Wicked Witch Margaret actually, Hamilton. yeah, actually got burned in the scene where uh, she goes up in a puff of fire and smoke in Munchkinland. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the set, there was a drop, like a just like a stage door that she dropped into, and she didn't drop fast enough, so the fire caught the flammable paint that was on her face. And oh, burned man. half her face, and they had to stop production for like three or three or four weeks while it healed. Um, I think she got like second degree. She didn't get like full on third degree, like scarred her for life, but she got like second degree burns from it. Um, so yeah, there's just like a whole bunch of you know, there's all the controversy, um, behind did did a, a you know a little person actually hang themselves? Which most people say no, it's just a stork. And me going back. Um, like I've gone back and tried to watch it multiple times for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, in all the digital versions, it is a store. Like you can actually sit there and pause it and kind of scrub, uh, on an old VHS copy that I had. Um, I think the quality was so bad you can't tell. So it does look <laughs> like, like, so it's like one of those things was like, did they go back and, f- and change it or did it, was it always just so bad quality on the original version before they digitally enhanced it that you just well, couldn't tell? Well, you see, in the original version, they always plan to have uh, do-backs in the background. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, the thing that I've always liked is like uh, the the backgrounds, like s- still to this day, the backgrounds for The Wizard of Oz, um, the painted backgrounds are some of the best that I've ever seen in any movie, even when they sometimes occasionally will do it nowadays. Though nowadays, if they do a painted background, it's stylized. The backgrounds are fantastic. Um, I, yeah, I I, uh, I think I, I messaged you like, "Hey, was this always that way?" You're the the Wizard of Oz expert. Where when they go up to Oz, there's like green lines uh, in the background painting. Yeah, as but, far as I, I remember, they like had like it was like dual layered, so that way there were I think there were lights behind the background. Oh, okay. Um, my favorite one is when they're leaving Munchkinland in the I think it's like the left side left or the right side of the screen mm-hmm. um there's a guy in one of the towers waving goodbye uh 
Yeah. And the tower portion that he's standing in is an actual like built set, but the the roof of the tower is on the backdrop. Oh. And you can't you can't tell. Like it looks like it's hanging over the set piece. Um so just a lot of a lot of like the craftsmanship on that movie is is something that you just don't see anymore. And I kind of like watching that and watching like singing in the rain. It's like, obviously we don't do it anymore because it costs so much money, but like why, we, <laughs> why we don't have large indoor studio like spaces anymore that they're like filming on these gigantic studio spaces. Yeah. Uh, I or noticed, have like, these massive it, sets. It was really apparent to me, um, like that they had like a, uh, water features in their sets, which you never see these days. Yeah. Well, cause everything is either done CG or it's done like outside or like, you know, we still have, I don't, I don't want to say we don't have massive sets. Obviously we still like the Lord of the Rings built an actual, like, you know, uh, what was the Hobbiton. Rohan, Rohan and Hobbiton, like Rohan was actually built. Like they built all of Rohan yeah, and then yeah, they yeah. weren't allowed to keep it there. They had to unbuild it after they were done filming. But you know, we still make large sets that take a lot of craftsmanship. I, I just don't see any more like indoor stylized uh like studio sets i guess is what i'm saying um i don't know it's hard to talk about this movie in like order i guess because there's just like bits and pieces um like the run with it the tornado is a sock did you know that no okay so i was noticing that the tornado looked very real um, and, and what, yep. what made sense in, in my brain is they took some sort of footage that they had somehow of a tornado and just, you know, overlaid it into the background of that scene or whatnot. Um, but then you said, what, it's a sock. So what they did is they did, and this is a, I haven't, I didn't watch the special features. This is from me watching like years of special features being fascinated with this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, they did like, a they made like a miniature ground area and then they made this basically tubing that they could crank underneath. And then they put basically nylon socks on it or like leggings. Okay. And then they just cranked it. So that way it moved in the certain way that looked like a tornado, but they filmed the miniature and then they put the miniature on the back of filming the actual like actors. Nice. I don't know, like the just like the creative like creativity of making this movie and the sets is just always um always gotten me. I've always also been upset about like her kicking on the like trying to get into the shelter and nobody like hears her like they're like oh I guess it's just the storm outside screaming and kicking <laughs> on the shelter door. The scene where she transitions into Munchkinland where she opens the door and she's wearing the sapia clothes and then she walks out wearing um wearing the clothes that are in color uh that's a like a body double opening the door and then judy garland walking out um a lot of like uh, you know i I kind of like praising this movie for all the good stuff it did it also did a lot of bad things um the the directors and producers constantly put judy garland on uppers throughout the entire movie to keep her awake to keep with the shooting schedule um and also just basically started her drug addiction which eventually killed her yeah yeah as part of of watching this movie it got me interested in in 
the life of Judy Garland, like in a, a whatever happened to that lady kind of thing, right? And and in my head, I get her confused with uh, Shirley Temple Black, who who went on to become a uh, either uh, either a representative or a senator, or or an ambassador or some sort of some such. Um, okay. You know, she was a child star, Shirley Temple, back in the day. Um, right. Um. So for whatever reason, I get her mixed up with Judy Garland, I guess, because they are old child actors. Right. Yeah, I mean, and then you that kind of started all this stuff with um, Judy Garland's daughter, and she also kind of had a, a hard time. Um, yeah, it's just you know, it's it. Hollywood back in the day wasn't you know good to its its women stars, and and she and Judy Garland was was well, it's still not great to its women stars, but Judy Garland back it was hired was signed by um, uh, MGM, I think, wasn't it? That's who did this movie, yeah. Yeah, um, and and uh, one of the either G or M, Goldwyn or Mayer, um, you know, was always putting pressure on her to, you know, either be thinner or telling her that she was unattractive. You know, she was like the ugly duckling of MGM, um, right? You know, and, and that she would never be this like big star and blah blah blah. And it's it started this entire cycle of you know mental health and 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 drug addiction problems that she had and that, that plagued her throughout her entire life and it's yep. really sad um there were also allegations not by judy garland um, from everything that i could look up there were allegations that she was like molested by um one of the one of the people with dwarfism on set um which everything i've seen says that did not happen and even judy garland has stated that that didn't happen um, the most that happened was they would go out and like drink on Friday nights and she would get upset that they were noisy. Like <laughs> that was basically it. Um, but yeah, th- this movie also had kind of one of the largest and probably still the largest instances of, uh, people with like dwarfism community people being in a movie and being together and actually was kind of the founding reason for, uh, little people of America was started by i believe one of the i think i put it in here uh no billy barty was not a cast member but he did start uh little people of america because of the wizard of oz it's um, one of those things where it made him realize there were a lot of people like him kind of thing it was more of like from what i was reading it was more of of it kind of started this huge community of people that didn't really come together before this Mm -hmm. um and from what i was reading it was like you know a lot of people found their spouses being on this movie um because they didn't have the opportunity to kind of come together as a community before that um and this kind of started started that happening nice um getting back into some of like the music and everything the scarecrow has a much larger or longer song in the unedited version and it's actually a lot a lot better he's got a more impressive dance uh, i was always as a kid a big fan of the scarecrow over everyone else uh when i was in fifth grade um i was in the uh like the the smart kids class um at, mm-hmm. at our school it was called alps we get it you're smart all right i know i know it's humble brag time <laughs> like okay when I was a kid and super smart, uh, by the way, <laughs> I mean, it may have been fourth grade is fourth or fifth grade, but I know, um, but either way, 
one of the things that we had to do uh, was memorize the words to the Scarecrow's song. You know, if I only had a brain. Yeah. Um, I have subsequently forgotten most of it, but I like to pretend that I know it. Yeah. <laughs> but every time I hear it again, I'm like, oh, right. I remember like two of these lines. Yeah. Flashback. Flashbacks. <laughs> right. Hit you. Um, Frank Morgan doing a really good job. Character actor, um, just like the Wicked Week of the Witch, uh, was a, a very large character actor. There weren't really a whole lot at the time, as far as I'm aware. Mm-hmm. Uh, Margaret Ham- uh, Hamilton. Um, he played, you know, the the guy at the beginning in the like the crystal ball, I guess sideshow guy, um, or f- carnival guy. And then he was obviously the Wizard of Oz. He was the doorman. He was the guard. He was the dude that was in the chariot or uh, with the horse carriage. Yeah, can um, we talk about that the 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 chariot real quick? Okay. That was the shortest chariot ride to nowhere. <laughs> yeah, they're like, let me get you all cleaned up. <laughs> We're here. Like the horse takes like five steps. Yeah. Which I well, get it's it. not a very it's not a very big city, you know. Right. <laughs> you know, limitations of being on a set. And that was one of the sets that I was like, oh, there's a water feature in the middle of this city. Well, there's set. that water feature. There's the water feature feature in Munchenland. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, there's a there's quite a bit. Um, if I remember right, the in the book, people in the Emerald City, it's actually made out of emeralds, and so mm-hmm. it's only the Emerald City because of like everyone's wearing regular clothing, but because it's all of the light reflected through the emeralds, everything looks green. But everyone's like technically wearing white. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and and they all had to wear glasses, like special glasses, to not be blinded by the the light coming through the emeralds. Ah, so they all looked like assholes. Yeah, they all. It's basically like if I from the book, like the pictures in the book, it's basically like a bunch like a steampunk city. Basically, everybody just looked like they were like wearing <laughs> steampunk glasses and like goggles and clothes and stuff. Nice. Yeah, there's um, I guess speaking of the Emerald City, there it shows up in other places, um, you know, throughout pop culture. I mean, this this movie in general has a huge uh cultural influence and and, and right you know and we can talk about various aspects of that for hours i'm sure um but for for me specifically i know in uh the dark tower series at some mm-hmm. point they visit oz i mean i think the wizard of oz has a, a stretching impact on on everything beyond the movie but i think you're right as far as the movie's culture impact is so huge just because of how popular it was when it came out mm-hmm. and the the different things that happen, the emerald slippers or the ruby slippers, which are not ruby slippers in the book, yeah. um, but culturally, the ruby slippers everywhere. And that kind of shows <laughs> how the movie has over their silver slippers, but that doesn't look good in color <laughs> in a in a technicolor movie. So they changed it. Um, yeah, I guess the you know, I never really thought about the culture impact, but it's kind of everywhere. A lot of shows do. um do kind of nods to the wizard of oz and not necessarily like the books version of the wizard of oz also i don't know if you knew this oz is one of the only um like open domain or public domain like stories where you can build you can write your own book in the oz setting and not get sued or ask for ask permission for it 
Nice. Yeah, I, I didn't know that. That might explain why I've seen it show up in several books. Yeah, um, it's also like everywhere. There's a lot of weird Wizard of Oz comics and things. Robert uh, Robert Heinlein has uh, like this series of books. Like re- really, a lot of his books are in a shared universe. Um, right. But in one of those books, in that shared universe, one of the characters invents a machine that can travel to different universes, right? Okay. Um, and one of the universes that they travel to in that is Oz. Yeah. And so you run into like TikTok and stuff from the book. Yeah. I always like, I wanted to read all of them at one point and I just like, you would not believe how difficult it is to find a complete version of this book series mm-hmm. online. Cause even the ones that are like all the Wizard of Oz books, if you look in the reviews, they're like people that are like, ah, actually, it's missing like page thirty-five in this book, and it's missing like, ha- like this chapter is gone in this other book, and it's like, why, why can't we just get like a complete, <laughs> complete book? Um, the other thing I wanted to mention when I was a kid, at the very end, whenever he's handing out the, you know, the the diploma and the heart and courage. Um, when he hands the Tin Man the heart, it's got like flowers on the chain, basically. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I was a kid, and the versions that I would watch, I always thought it was either like popcorn or teeth. <laughs> and I always like, as a kid, I was like, why is there popcorn on that chain, or why is there teeth on that chain for that? Because heart? the Wizard of Oz collects the teeth <laughs> of the children. Oh no, that's where he got the heart. He assembled the heart from other people's hearts and collected the teeth. He's a heart surgeon. He stitches them together. Um, but yeah, no, this has just always been one of my favorite movies growing up. And for a long time, I was like, oh, this is my favorite movie. Um, even though I wouldn't watch it like super often. But yeah. I think it's just the amount of work that went into it, the craftsmanship, how just how pretty it is, like in general, and the amount of like behind the scenes just honestly like shit they had to go through <laughs> that everyone had to go through um it's just kind of like fascinating that the really a product of its time for the studio studio model that they had back then yeah for sure i have i have a hard time picking on it because it is such a uh it's it's an old movie um but it's also such a culturally significant one that it's you know, it's as much as I want to nitpick on it because, you know, like it's dumb that it ended because she randomly threw a bucket of water to, you know, on the witch. And that happened to be her weakness. Right. Right. But that's whatever it's that's that's part of the movie. And that's part of the, the, the like, the, why would she keep water there? Yeah. Why would she keep water there? Um, You know, and if that hadn't happened, would would Dorothy have, you know, just died basically (laughs) right you know it's um it's it's one of those things where you can make those nitpicks if you want to but i think that the larger picture of this movie is is that you know how well done it was for its time i mean i'll say that the the very end even this time watching it because i haven't i honestly haven't watched it in like probably like five or six years and I'm watching it, and at the end, it was like, well, Dorothy had the ability to go home all the time. She just needed to learn it for herself. And that's, there's no place like home. And I was like, bitch, she's been trying to get home ever since she got here. Like, <laughs> she that's what she wanted that. to do. Yeah, she was like, I would like to go home, please. Well, you can't go home yet. You got these ruby slippers. Like, Best, best go see that wizard. 
yeah right i'm like no she wanted to go home from the get-go you could have just told her is there any place like home and she go no there's no place like home i like, did not, I it's I not did like notice. she got there and she was like this is interesting i'd like to stay here for a while right she's just <laughs> immediately horrified that uh a she's not in kansas and b she killed a woman right she's like i just murdered someone with a house it's not my fault i'd like to go home please nope you have to go by yourself see you later go ahead and follow this yellow brick road that almost immediately forks yep and you have to ask the <laughs> scarecrow for help you know it goes in like four different directions right where how is she supposed to know where it goes i don't know glinda's not yeah. a great witch she's just a good <laughs> witch <laughs> yeah I um <laughs> I noticed I noticed watching this time when uh when like the flying monkeys come in and they carry off Dorothy or whatever mm-hmm. you and they're flying off you can see her feet go eh, 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 like kicking like really slowly <laughs> in the little minis <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah oh um, that cracked me up real good I had to go back and rewatch that scene something I didn't know until looking up information this time was Toto got stepped on in this movie at some, at one point. Oh no! By one of the flying monkeys accidentally stepped on him, and he like was. They replaced him with a double for like three weeks as as he healed. Like he he came out okay. Like I think he broke a leg or something, but he was fine after that. Um, or he sprained like his leg. I don't remember, but yeah, I was like Toto. Toto got stepped on. <laughs> what an asshole! It did kind of wig me out thinking that Toto probably died before the end of World War Two. <laughs> Yeah, that's also kind of weird to think. Like, I've never really, like, placed this movie... Like, it's always been, like, this timeless movie for me because, like, it, you know, they never really specify when the movie takes place. Um, And I was... Obviously, the first time I watched it was, like, in the 90s, so... Mm -hmm. I had no concept of World War II or... I'm pretty sure I was a young kid when I first (laughs) saw this movie. So, like, there's no way for me to be like, Yeah, and then Toto died before Hitler died. Like, <laughs> like there's no no concept of that um so yeah that's kind of i've never really actually thought about that that's what that is a weird thing to think about <laughs> it's like world war ii going on right after this everybody watch the wizard of oz and then get shipped off to the eastern front well yeah i mean like uh like Western Jimmy Stewart, point. right? He he went off uh, and and served in World War II and took a break after serving, uh, filming like Mr. Smith Goes to Washington and shit. Yeah, I don't know why. I mean, I I I know why, but like, huh. <laughs> okay then, leaving like going to like it's the the whole serve your country, right? Kind of a thing. But I just like if you didn't have to. Why would you? They didn't have to worry about the Red Scare at that point. That didn't come till a little bit later. Uh, I don't think Jimmy Stewart ever had to deal with it. Um, you know, really, I don't. I don't know. I, I, it, we're kind of getting into weird territory. But we're getting yeah. into a weird territory, which is which is fine. But it's, you know, it, it was a national pride thing, and and and, it, and I think a lot of it's left over from World War One, where it was very much a social pressure to like everybody has to volunteer. And if yeah. you don't, then you are considered a coward. I don't know. World War One was such a fucking mess that I don't know why anyone would ever like. Even if they were like, "All right, we agree to not do trench warfare anymore," like it's like I don't, <laughs> don't want to do any of that. 
That was yeah. the worst. Like trench trench warfare was almost like as fucking terrible as it probably I guess psychologically more terrible than like old revolutionary style like coming at each other in a line and firing at each other's faces. Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like just being in a trench bombed and getting trench foot for months. Anyway, we're in a weird spot. Uh Wizard, Wizard of Oz, Oz has nothing no to trenches. do with World War Two or World War One. So that's <laughs> that's weird. Um there's a lot of stuff we didn't really get into and, and I didn't really want to get into, which was just like the uh like the deeper connotations or like, oh the, you know, everybody outside of her dream existed there, all the you know, the wizard, the scarecrow, tin man and lion were all just basically reflections of the people that she lived with. Right. Um, well, except Auntie M, which is who seems to be like the, the more central character in that cast, you know, in the ancillary is not cast. there. Yeah. She's just not in Oz. I don't, yeah, I don't know. So, uh, this is a weird episode cause we didn't really re- like, we kind of just talked, I just talked about like what I liked about, well, I mean, I think that's I think that's a fair treatment for an eighty year old movie. I guess so. Yeah, there's not like we're not we're never gonna do like if we ever we're like all right next week we're doing Citizen Kane like it wouldn't be a review of Citizen Kane it would just be us talking about like it was a great movie at the time and developed a lot of shots and <laughs> like we wouldn't be like I gave it an eight out of ten. Right. I think anybody that has. Uh, uh, done a review of wizard of oz probably has uh expressed any thought that we might also express right i don't think there's any i don't think us saying i liked or disliked this movie or i give it you know x rating or whatever is going to affect anybody's opinion of it i just wanted to talk about it i always i've always liked this movie i think if you like musicals um it's a good movie to watch even if it's you're just watching it like historically um it's definitely something to check out. If you don't like musicals and you don't like old movies, then, you know, whatever. You don't have to watch it. Nobody's forcing you. Yeah. I mean, I'd say it's worth a watch for, uh, for, uh, for the cultural perspective if you haven't seen it. Um, but I, like I said, I have no desire to revisit it ever. Uh, when it ever comes out. Ever again. <laughs> <laughs> not ever again. Like if my kids are like, Hey, do you want to watch the wizard of Oz? I'd be like, not really, but if you do, then okay. <laughs> Maybe you should just be like, okay, if that's what you want to watch, maybe don't go. Not really, <laughs> you kid. Uh. Um, where to see this movie? You can find it on VHS, DVD near you, uh, home video. It's also available digitally. Uh, there's an HD version for some reason. I don't know how HD it is. I just watched it on the SD version and it looked great. So, It's on HBO Max. Is it? Yep. That's where I watched it. Oh, I want, my wife owns it, so I just watched it on her iTunes account. Nice. Weird. All right. Uh, well, next time we are going to watch Palm Springs, the new Hulu and Andy Samberg uh, Lonely Island production. Yeah, man. I'm excited about that one. I, uh, Kristen, uh, my girlfriend, recently made me watch uh, Never Stop Stopping or whatever it is. Yeah, Popstar. Popstar, yeah. It's a great movie. And that is a great movie and it still kills me makes me chuckle whenever <laughs> whenever i think about that fucking hat 
and it's just just <laughs> light comes out of it. Um, have you seen um, you've seen Hot Rod, haven't you? Uh, bits and pieces of it. Oh my god, you don't watch Hot Rod. It's a very underrated movie. Um, anyway, that's the first Lonely Island film. Yeah, yeah, I. The 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 most prominent thing for me from Hot Rod is the meme, the the cool beans meme. Yeah, um, yeah. There's a lot of God. That movie is just so good. I watch that movie probably like once a year. Anyway, uh, not to spoil anything, I did already watch Palm Springs before we recorded this. And the one thing I do have to say is, uh, Lonely Island Pictures is the same font and design as Sony Pictures. And when my <laughs> when my wife saw it, she was like, "How did they get away with that? How did they not get sued by Sony like immediately?" Um, so I don't I know. We'll, talk, we'll talk about it more next time on Dragon Cinema Rogues Z. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Do you have any uh, anything else to say? No, that's that's uh, that's all I got. I'm excited for Palm Springs and Wizard of Oz is boring. All right. Well, I think Wizard of Oz is not boring and is a great film. And and you should watch it. And uh excited for Palm Springs. Also, I may watch it again before we, we do the next show. Nice. Just because how good it was. Not to spoil anything. Spoilers. Spoilers, it's good. <laughs> Alright, we don't have to do that anymore. Next movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Well everybody have a good night and we will see you next time. Bye. Good- goodbye. <laughs>